Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Path Forward podcast. For today, we have part two of Ambitiously Empowered Voices. We began discussing this last week with co-founder Emma Zubak, so make sure to go give that episode a listen. Uh, but I'm here today with Payne Sr. and co-founder of Ambitiously Empowered Voices, Armel Balagoon. Thank you so much for joining me, Armel. Thank you so much for having me, Savi. Thank awesome. you. So last week we covered that AEV is a feminist organization looking to empower young girls in leadership and politics. Um, but can you give us your side of the founding of this organization and the inspiration? Oh my gosh, yeah. So um, like you said, uh, AEV is an organization focused on empowering young girls, kind of equipping them with the tools to be agents of change and be strong leaders in their communities. Um, I think, and I know Emma talked a little bit about how the process got started in part one, but um, from my perspective, I think it was just something incredibly empowering to be a part of. Um, as someone who is interested in STEM and as someone who is also a woman of color, it's not um, unfrequent for me to kind of um, be uh, faced and challenged with um, my voice not being taken seriously or my voice not being heard. Um, and so just the fact that it took me all four years of high school to finally just begin to find my voice. Like, I thought it was really amazing that I'd be able to um, help girls that are in elementary school and that are transitioning into high school and becoming like these young women. Um, it, I thought it'd be amazing to just have an opportunity to give them um, the tools that I wish I had going into high school, um, just so that they can keep that strength and that sense of um, confidence with them as they continue on. Yeah. yeah. So you said that you're, you know, you consider yourself to be more in STEM. Um, but then we were kind of talking about how this relates to politics. So how do you feel like, you know, those two categories kind of intersect? Um, I think that's a really good question, right? So AEV is focused on government and politics. And I know Emma touched on, um, our student government portion. Um, I am not someone who is particularly interested in government and politics, um, but I saw just the opportunities there and the adaptability of the program um, into something greater than um, politics and government. Um, the main focus that we have is empowering young girls. And so that happens in a um, variety of ways and that happens through um, a variety of mediums. And so I think just, um, in, in pairing government and politics with our organization, we do like to also kind of leave room for interpretation of how that empowerment is going to look in our girls' lives. And so when Emma first approached, the, uh, approached me with this idea um, and she mentioned it was going to be focused on government and politics, we were able to kind of come to um, a place of understanding that not everyone that joins our program is going to want to grow up to do something in government and politics. And so while we do infuse that throughout our program, the greater, there's a greater focus on, on that empowerment aspect and that leadership aspect. Yeah, that's great. I think that leadership is exemplified in government and politics very easily, but that doesn't mean that, you know, it can't be put into, you know, STEM and other interests of the girls. So I think that that's, you know, a really great way to approach the topic of leadership. Um, so then can you fill me in a bit on some of the like lessons, you know, that yeah. you've been teaching? So, um, 
some things that we like to incorporate in our lessons are aspects of empowerment, but in ways that are more latent than manifest. And um, so we kind of like to bake in little activities that would have a secondary effect of giving the girls a sense of confidence and just the ability or just the um, like the um, strength to believe that I can do this, I can achieve these things. And so kind of breaking it down and going into the specific portions of our um, present weekly presentations or weekly lessons, something that we like to do at the beginning of um, each meeting after our check-ins and all of that um, is um, have the girls read um, a list of affirmations. And now this can range from like one to five affirmations, but we just like to give the girls kind of just a reminder that they are worthy, they are strong. Um, they're strong for being just who they are and being truthful about who they are. And so we like to stress that um, going into our um, all of our lessons. Um, something else that Emma had talked about um, was our woman of the week. And so we primarily work with students who are in schools that don't have a, all of the resources that other schools within um, CPS, Chicago Public Schools may have. Um, and so with that, it's important that when we're delivering these women of the week, we're making sure to deliver a woman of the week that these girls can relate to. Um, and so I know Emma talked about vicarious efficacy, but I'm gonna bring it up again. Just um, having the girls see someone who looks like them, someone who they can identify with achieving things um, in large ways, in small ways, um, it's just some, it's just another way to kind of empower them and let them know that they have the ability to create change um, and do, achieve the things that they want to achieve. And so with that, when we choose our woman of the week, we do like to have uh, a focus on government and politics, tying that um, aspect of government and politics with um, women's empowerment and marrying the two. This, we're not, we don't limit ourselves to women, uh, in government and politics, but it's something that we do like to kind of frequent. Discussing intersectionality, um, which brings me to one of the next things that we like to do in all of our lessons, which is introduce um, terms. And so in kind of talking to these girls about feminism and empowerment, we recognize that uh, at schools that we're at, um, not everyone is at the same level. Um, and so we like to kind of um, introduce terms that we feel are central to the idea of just being able to think of yourself as a leader, being able to think of yourself as someone who um, is worthy. Um, and we do so in a way that um, the girls are more so leading what's going on. And so it allows for a space of discussion and just collaboration. Um, for example, a few weeks ago, we we're talking about the idea of privilege um, and how that um, looks in terms of social identity. And so we like to kind of just start off by asking if anyone has any ideas about what privilege is. And usually what happens is the girls start to build off of each other's definitions. And we don't even have to go in and kind of interject because they know what they're doing. Like, um, And so it's just things like that that allow for uh, collaboration and that allow for a creation of a safe space within our lessons. That's something that we are um, really passionate about establishing, I guess. Yeah, wow. I love, you know, 
that the discussions are led by the girls. Um, so then I guess for the lessons, like how exactly do you, so they end up being mostly discussion based is what I'm hearing. Um, yeah, that's great. You know, getting the girls to kind of interact with each other, I think can also be, you know, a really powerful medium. Um, what's been your favorite lesson so far? Hmm. I think one of my favorite lessons have been, um, lessons surrounding goal setting, um, and kind of just how we do that. Um, so the main, of course we keep, um, we like to keep certain aspects of our lessons the same, but for this specific, um, day we were working um, one-on-one with the girls and kind of just helping them achieve goals that were attainable, goals that um, they wanted that were going to ultimately help them become stronger women. And so um, just being able to talk to the girls and really get a feel for who they are as people and just getting an insight into their lives is always something that I'm really thankful for because they're such dynamic people. Yeah, that's great. You know, again, I think something that's kind of, you know, running through these conversations is just like the sense of community, you know, that you've built with um, a lot of the girls, you know, and talking about these issues and letting them lead that and then becoming more comfortable with each other. I think that's a really important um, connection for them to have. And, you know, it's some great work that you guys are doing and you know, just making sure that those relationships are established. Um, and I know, so then you were talking a little bit about intersectionality. And I think um, another thing I, you know, kind of wanted to ask you about uh, is like in, you know, feminist issues, there's, you know, this concept of like intersectional feminism versus, you know, womanism. Do you talk to the girls a lot? You know, because I know that, uh, you know, issues of race and feminism are very like important in, you know, in today's state. Um. So that's actually a great question, and I thank you for this. Um, so two of the schools that we started off um, with last year, um, Manir and John, um, one of those schools, we have been blessed to kind of have someone who is such a strong um, teacher or administrative coordinator, um, someone who is super helpful in helping us figure out how to facilitate conversation and break down such large and daunting topics for the girls. And um, one of our lessons um, earlier last year had focused on intersectional feminism. Um, and I think with that, something that was um, um, a little bit difficult to kind of have them grapple with was this idea of what identity looks like, um, how identity isn't specifically limited to how you physically present. Um, we talked to the girls about just what identities are, how they kind of affect the way that we experience the world. Um, and then moving into that, kind of thinking about how those identities shape the oppression that we have to face as women and how our experiences as women aren't the same. And so I think something that was a breakthrough for Mia, at least, just watching them discuss was, um, the way in which they were able to kind of assess their own privilege in the in the ways that they did or didn't um it did or didn't um just have to live through that oppression um and so just them being able to then and it, I'm sorry but <laughs> I'm getting a little rambly 
Um, but from that conversation, it was just kind of empowering to watch them kind of bring those topics to the forefront when we discussed other things like activism or um, equity of voice. It was just nice to see them really grasp those ideas and bring them to the forefront again. Um, just a nice way for them to be aware of those privileges and um, use them for good, use them to uplift other women. So I think that was something that was really nice, just um, and something that Emma and I were kind of um, grappling with just um, how we would structure our um, terms and how complex we wanted them to be because these are elementary school girls and I, we don't want to kind of force them to be taking another class, right? We want to teach them in ways that are um, enjoyable for them. So that was just something that was super um, empowering for me to just see the way that they were able to digest such a complex topic and kind of keep that, that definition with them and take it on to um, kind of affect the way that they view things, their social lens, if you will. Yeah, that's, you know, great. Again, these conversations are super important. Um, I guess my next question would be, you know, do you connect like the Chicago girls with um, the international girls and like talk about those issues, you know, in relation to other countries? Right. Um, so something that we've been trying to do actually a little smaller scale than that is connecting our girls that are here. Um, one thing with the, with the adaptability of our program is that, um, just understanding that other countries situation and the kind of gender development may not be the same. And so the way that the program is structured in other countries may, um, differ from the way that it's structured here. I know like, for example, um, one of our branches in Lutzer in Switzerland works with high schoolers. Um, and so that kind of bridge between having maybe like a sixth grader talk with a junior, we haven't coordinated that as much, but we are working, looking to kind of uh, connect and then um, spur discussion between the girls that are um, in our program in Chicago. So that's definitely something that we're working towards. Yeah, that's great. As a collaborate, collaboration between schools, um, sounds really interesting. Um, I know honestly not much about those two schools. You know, what do the demographics look like? Because obviously Chicago is you know highly segregated. So I think that's you know something to um, talk about. So the first school that we were at, Manier, it is located a little bit closer to Peyton, um, around I think Mohawk and Hudson. Um, and that school is primarily African-American. Everyone that um, was in our student government program and our women's empowerment program um, were solely African-American. Um, and then the other school that we were at, which is a little further west, um, consists primarily of Latinx, um, Latinx girls. And so just um, shifting our program to make sure that they're encompassing um, the specific experiences of those demographics in a way that um, is inviting because I am not Latin American and so I can't speak to the experiences of someone who is. Um, so just being able to collaborate with people who I know have gone through those experiences, who, who have gone through experiences um, 
related to being Latin American and weaving that into our lessons has been something that I've been really grateful for. Yeah, I love, you know, how you address those needs across demographics. I think that's, you know, a super important part of, you know, what you've been talking about and what you've been teaching. Um, and I'm glad to see, you know, just that addressing those needs is happening. Um, but we are almost out of time. Are there any last takeaways that you want people to know about AEV? Um, I guess I would just say that um, change happens one step out of one step at a time. You know, uh, this program started off with just Emma and I, but it's expanded to over twenty people. Um, and I just think like being able to put to action your passions is something that is really incredible because it's something that progresses um, our society forward. And so with that, if there are any people interested in maybe joining AEV or if they know of people interested in joining AEV, I would definitely um, push for them to check out our Instagram um, at AE Voices. Um, just DM us and uh, we'll be happy to be in touch. But that's all. Thank you so much for having me, Savi. Yeah, thank you so much for a great conversation, Armel. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to give us a like, share, comment, and subscribe. And we will see you next week. Thank you.